0: Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here with you and joining us to talk a little bit about the NFL. She does NFL data science for NFL Network, Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah,
0: so let's get into, first off, uh, a bit of a shocker. When the Steelers lose their first game of the season to a team in the NFC East of, of all divisions, they lose to Washington. And so for the Steelers, obviously in contention for that number one seed, what do the odds look like for them right now?
1: So right now I actually have the Kansas City Chiefs with better odds of getting that first seed. And that's especially important this year because, remember, now that we have a different playoff format, the number one seed is the only team in each division that's or in each conference that's going to get a bye. So that's an interesting dynamic. And the Chiefs have just a little bit of an easier schedule. So I have, I think, right about now, I looked at it just a little bit earlier today. It's like something like you know, 49% the Chiefs and then like 42% the Steelers.
0: Wow. Okay. So, and for Kansas City, I mean, you just look at them. They they win ugly games, but they're still winning those games. So they they keep on chugging along here. Now, for Washington to win that that game against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, where do you think the NFC East shakes out at this point? Who would you pick to win?
1: I pick the Washington Football Team to win. Couple of reasons. There's a really good dynamic between. I'm, okay, so I will say. Antonio Gibson not playing does make this a little bit shakier, but their ability to use short passes – on the offense, so mimicking the run game, so they're efficient to be, you know, uh, ability to be efficient in the run game and using short passes, along with that defensive front that's just nasty. That's a really good winning formula, formula for success. So the interesting part was I didn't have the Giants obviously scheduled to beat the, the Seattle Seahawks. Or I have Washington <laughs> yeah. slated to beat the Steelers. So it's really going to come down to it's obviously between those two. And it's really going to come down to who's healthier. And my only concern and my only reason why the Giants kind of get edged out is because their O-line has allowed their quarterback, and I say that because it's both quarterbacks included in this, to be under pressure more than any other O-line in the NFL. And that just means more opportunities for turnovers and takeaways from opposing defenses. So for me, that's why Washington gets just a slight edge.
0: Oh that's fair and and the quarterback numbers are actually interesting for how much they've been hit because for me like I'm a Philly guy I'm an Eagles fan and I just see Carson Wentz get hit every like every time Wentz got the ball it felt like he was getting hit so it's nice to feel on some level that another team is letting the quarterback get hit more than Wentz now um, actually and let let me give you an Eagles question by the way cuz we're talking with Cynthia Freeland NFL data science for NFL network and here's the fascinating thing because I I know you run all these different models and projections of games and things and when you've got a situation where now Jalen Hurts is going to be getting his first official start as a quarterback in the NFL so when you're projecting a game like this whether whether it's this game with the Saints and the Eagles or any game where you have a quarterback starting for the first time how does that mess with your predictions like how do you model that
1: (laughs) carefully carefully so it's interesting when you look to see, because obviously college data is really all you have. I mean, now you have one game of data, right? So college data and then projections from past people. This year, you don't even have preseason data to be able to add to some of those reps. But you do have things that you've seen from Doug Peterson and the offensive staff for the Eagles, like things they like to run and schemes that they are, are well-versed at doing and that they go to quite often. So what you can do is, and you, you the way that I model is to look for historical comparisons to what we might see in this matchup. So you look to see what is Doug Peterson's history of play calling? What is the offensive staff for the Eagles? What's their history of play calling when you're facing a defense like the Saints, AKA a really good defense, yeah. a defense that brings a lot of pressure, a defense that's great at stopping the run. What are the things that they like to do? And I would imagine it's going to be a number of different use cases, creative use cases for the different running backs, shorter games, leveraging their tight ends who are great. Those are the type of things you've seen Doug Peterson do in the past with Carson and, of course, if the scheme's not going to completely change. It's just going to be tailored to Jalen Hurts' attributes, right? So it's a little bit different for him, but it just makes the it makes the degree of certainty for the score of the game a little less certain. So that's, that's how it changes kind of the, the way the simulations net out.
0: Gotcha. That's that's really fascinating. Now, let me ask you about this, because with the Saints, obviously, like, the defense has been better over the last couple of weeks. The offense has always been good. Even with Taysom Hill in there, it's, it's still been pretty good. So – when you're looking at the NFC, because you look at the AFC, and a lot of people just figure it's going to be the Chiefs one way or another. Like, just your, in your opinion, who do you think comes out of the NFC right now?
1: You know, the funny part about the NFC is that for me, it could be it could easily be Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think the Saints are kind of like the layup choice, if you will. But I think that there's something about the Packers this season, and we've seen them be, play some bad football too. But I think that their ability to kind of hang in there and come back after some Confounding losses is going to be one of those things where the Packers are going to be really annoying to whomever comes out of the, into the playoffs, <laughs> no matter what. So it could easily be the Packers for me. I thought maybe the Seahawks were going to, you know, in the beginning of the season. I my, my preseason Super Bowl pick it's kind of a lame one, but it was Saints and Chiefs, and that's what I had because this year continuity was something that my I, I projected to be more important. So mm-hmm. teams that have played more together, teams that had like longer standing quarterbacks, or in the case of Patrick Mahomes really special quarterbacks that had enough of a snap count with others and play callers who've had a million play calls that they've done, right? So these are all attributes that I thought would be even more important this season, especially to get off to that early lead. And I think Mike Tomlin like helped prove that correct. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and ultimately I think you see Aaron Rodgers and the his ability to overcome some craziness. I think they could be a real problem depending on who they get matched up with in the playoffs.
0: So we're talking with Cynthia Freeland, NFL data science for NFL Network. And, and to do these projections over the course, of, you know, before the season starts, factoring all this different stuff, watch the season as it develops. We're now 14 weeks in. We have a pretty good idea of who most of these teams are. Is there any team that's really surprised you this year, either positively or negatively based on what you thought was going to happen before the season?
1: You know, I think that on the – Well, I'm going to go with one negative one first. Let's get the bat out of the way. Okay. Get the out of the way first. I was a little surprised to see the Titans not be able to come up with some more interesting things on offense. Because part of what they were doing last season wasn't just relying on Derrick Henry. Now, let me be clear. They definitely relied on Derrick Henry. But the offensive shift, so the O-line shift, the creative use of tight ends, heavy sets, mixing it up with not-so-heavy sets, but then doing the same play, running the same play. To keep defenses off balance that was really the key to their offense last year and now remember the problem this year is really their defense and their defense is giving up a bunch of yards through the air their defense is not the Titans defense you think of when you think of Mike Vrabel and you think of the Patriots and his past the, the lineage there right but so it's, it's an interesting thing because if you're going to play the kind of offense that they're playing this season which is far less risky and, and more uh, uh, offense built to play from a, with a lead not come from behind mm-hmm. then the defense needs to step up so I was a little I'm a little confounded by Tennessee, but on the other hand, I really like what I'm seeing out of the Miami Dolphins. They're so interesting. They're corners—they really invested in the in the off season. You know, obviously, you know, bringing in Byron Jones from the Cowboys, and then they got Xavier Howard back. Uh, you know, in the early in the season. So, their corners have been doing something that's like really interesting in not letting quarterbacks make their first read. They've been forcing second and third reads on a top five percentage basis in the league, which is really impressive considering you look at their O line and it's not one that would be anywhere near the top of the league. They've had nothing but running back issues when it comes to staying healthy. I mean, if you're playing in fantasy now, Miles Gaston isn't even playing right now. So, make sure that you adjust your lineup carefully. But ultimately, you know, they don't have these like stu- other than their corners and, of course, Tua and a few of their pass catchers, they don't have, like, the team, their roster isn't full of just stars, right? So I think what they've been able to achieve is amazing, and it's unfortunate that their last four games are against such hard competition because they could easily make it in. They're, they're definitely a playoff-caliber team, but they have a really hard rest of schedule.
0: Yeah, they are. They, they have, Wait, who's the full, do you know what the full lineup is for them? Because I remember going through it the other day and going, my goodness, like, really tough run for a good team
1: yeah so i i'll i'll make sure i get that for you because like i you know i've written about it all week and then you know somehow it just gets dumped out of my brain yeah oh well, i
0: don't don't blame you for that it's a tough slate though but
1: yeah so the, the Chiefs this week right which is okay that one sounds really fun um i know they have the patriots i think one more time yeah Chiefs, patriots raiders that's a bad matchup and then they close out with the bills
0: oh man so
1: that's it's a it's tough sledding right like raiders can be good but they can also be they can be very good and they can be very bad the bills are a very good team bills bills could contend for i think the bills have kind of that outside shot you know when you think of when you close your eyes and think of like okay the chiefs okay, the Steelers, and I think the Bills should be right up there with potential Super Bowl contenders this year. So good luck, Dolphins. That's that's some tough sledding ahead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a brutal stretch. Now, let me ask you about this one, because a a team that I don't even know if you can call it disappointing, everybody expected them to be bad, but – the Jets don't have a win. Okay, so for the Jets, yeah. I, I was looking at the projections that you had on on the NFL's website, and I know the Jets come in with the top pick in the draft. That's the projection right now, but like mm-hmm. in those models, are they projected to win a game or not?
1: Yeah, you know, it's. I know this sounds crazy, but it's actually really hard to go zero and sixteen. You know, I know we've seen two teams do it. I'm from Michigan. I'm a Lions fan. That's. I don't know. We just hit <laughs> I always admit it but I don't always love it because that was an own 16 situation and then of course the Cleveland Browns did it a bit more recently but it is actually quite difficult for that to happen so while the the Raiders were what I thought would be their best chance a couple weeks ago even prior to the ending of that game it's unlikely to be the Seahawks but I it's I can't with four games left to play I can't honestly say that I think that they win one or they they don't win one I just it's hard to imagine which one that would be.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. And my, my producer, by the way, is a Jets fan. He's like, I don't know how they're going to do this. He's shaking his head.
1: I know. But, you know, sometimes some weird magic happens when you fire a coach. Like you saw it with the Lions last week. Like you get some weird infusion of like, you know, Of something and you know that's a big change on the defense because Greg Williams is uh, obviously a very risky risk-taking coach so perhaps that could make some difference in this one but you know it's going to be difficult against Russell Wilson although like I said you press if you you, weird things happen. It's still the NFL. Any team could beat any team on any day. So it, weirder things have happened. It's it's just hard to imagine going 0-16.
0: Yeah, it, it really is, but here we are. And Cynthia, thanks so much. Cynthia Freeland, NFL Data Science for NFL Network. Really appreciate the time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.